0: Today is July 13th. On Saturday at 6.47 p.m., parts of Midtown Manhattan and the West Side went dark. Pedestrians used their cell phones as flashlights to cross the streets. Broadway shows were disrupted, and commuters scrambled to find alternative ways to uh, get home after subway stations were shuttered. A little more than three hours later, Con Edison announced that power was being restored. On a steamy July night in 1977, exactly 42 years ago, The same thing happened. New York City plunged into darkness, but that time the city was left without power for 25 hours. It became a defining event. Looting and arson spread through the streets, resulting in 3,800 arrests and millions of dollars' worth of damage. Refrigerators without power caused food to spoil, but that didn't stop restaurants and bars from keeping the doors open and their liquor pouring. Some people eating in restaurants made their way onto the streets. When power went out, so did the air conditioning. On Saturday, many people finished their meals by the light of their cell phones, an option not available in 1977. The city's skyline became a silhouette as iconic buildings like the Empire State Building blended in with the night sky. Despite the looting, some New Yorkers took to the streets to help direct traffic. The same scene played out on a Saturday evening when over 200 traffic lights went out, according to the city's Department of Transportation. The 1977 blackout also caused widespread transportation disruption, including at Grand Central Terminal. Saturday's blackout caused problems along the entire subway system, according to the Metropolitan Transportation Authority. And yet some went without their evenings, which for some lucky people at Rockefeller Center in 1977 many stop at the ice cream truck. And then in 2001, Code Red was a computer worm that was identified in July 13th. When computers running on Internet Information Services, the IIS web server of Microsoft were found compromised. The after-effect of the attack caused a damage of billions of dollars in the summer of 2001. Mark Mayfriend and Ryan Perma, employees at IIEI Digital Security, discovered this worm when it exploited an existing vulnerability discovered by Riley Hassel. The named the computer wormed code Red because they were thinking they were drinking Code Red Mountain Dew when they confirmed it as a threat. It displays a string, welcome to the hacked by Chinese, and it runs on memory erasing all files present on the hard drive. It infected close to 359,000 hosts on July 19th of 2001. Code Red lands on the server in the form of a get slash default IDA request on top of TCP port 80. By this way, the code is developed to exploit a buffer overflow vulnerability in Microsoft's IIS, which is the indexing software. By doing so, the code runs within the, the IIS server. The worm virus is completely run in the memory and cannot be found on the disk. It occupies 3,569 bytes. The payload of the worm is compromised by it distorts the infected website to display hello, welcome to worm.com, hacked by Chinese. It tries to spread its infection by finding more IIS servers on the internet from day 1 and day 19. It then infects the system associated with the specific IP addresses through denial-of-service attacks from day 20 to 27, after which there are no active attacks from the 28th day of the month. When scanning for vulnerable machines, the worm did not test to see if the server was running on a remote machine, was running a vulnerable version of IIS, or even to see if it was running IIS at all. And finally... World War II had been rightly described as the deadliest conflict in human history, yet to the extent that World War II history is taught at all, it is largely based on the western and pacific theaters of the war. The Ostfront is the well less understood, and at least in the west. The war as it was fought between the Soviet Union and Germany, on the eastern theater of the war. It may have been the governments who started the war, but it was the everyday Fritz and the Ivan down the street who did the fighting and the dying. The greatest tank battle in history started this day on the Eastern Front. It began as Battle of the Bulge, six months before the last German offensive began in the snow-covered forests of the Ardennes. The 5 months long battle for Stalingrad had ended with a decisive Soviet victory in February of that year, resulting in a bulge or salient in the Soviet lines near the city of Kursk. The Germans planned to shorten their battle lines by eliminating the Kursk salient, and commenced a series of strategic strategic attacks in March, retaking Kharkov and Belgorod. Offensive operations ceased by the end of March due to the onset of the spring Raputia mud season and the exhaustion of both the Wehrmacht and the Red Army. Field Marshal Field Marshal Erich von Manstein sent. Germany for massive reinforcements of the Panther medium and Tiger heavy tanks while Soviet forces prepared defense in depth strategy which would prove decisive in July. The Kursk salient was of little or no strategic value to the German war effort. Both Manstein and General Walter Model argued for a tactical defense. Even Heinz Guderian, arguably the father of modern armored tactics argued against the offensive but Hitler would not hear of it. Der Fuhrer was going to have his offensive. Operation Citadel started with a series of two offenses beginning on July 5th. The Soviets' defensive preparations began to take their toll almost immediately. Minefields, fortifications, pre-sighted artillery fire zones, and anti-take strong points extended over 190 miles into the Soviet perimeter. By July 13th, the Red Army had regained the offensive. Accounts of the battle vary widely, with the most estimates around 6,000 tanks, 2 million troops, and 4,000 aircraft being involved in the fight. Estimated losses are difficult to learn due to the obsessive secrecy of both Nazis and communists. Sources indicate over a quarter of a million German casualties and four times that number on the Soviet side. 1,083 tanks and assault guns were lost to the German side and over eight times that number for the Russians. The battle is considered to be a decisive victory for the Soviet Union, representing the final German initiative on the Eastern Front. Though Soviet losses were far higher than those of Germany, the vast resources of the Soviet Union were far better positioned to replace those losses than that of the Third Reich. Fighting between Nazi Germany and Soviet Union had long since taken on shades of race war, Slav against Teutron, and a paroxysm mutual extermination that is horrifying even by the hellish standards of World War II. The war on the Ostfront was yet to grind out another year. You have been listening to the This Happened Today in History podcast. I thank you for listening and I hope that you have enjoyed learning about historical events from the past. Thank you to the following websites for their information regarding today's topics. ThePeopleHistory.com Blackout Hits New York at nytimes.com Internet's Code Red Virus at antivirus.comodo.com and Russia's World War II tank battle at todayinhistory.blog The music used as the background track for this podcast is Americana created by Kevin McLeod on incompetech.com If you enjoyed this information and would like to hear more please consider subscribing as this will keep the historical events in your feed in the morning for each day. I hope you have a great day.